This is The Odds Couple, presented by PropSwap.com, where America buys and sells sports bets. The Odds Couple, with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco on ESPN 1000. Welcome to your weekend, everyone, and what a weekend it's going to be. The Odds Couple presented by PropSwap here on ESPN Chicago and the ESPN Chicago app. Mike North, Carmen DeFalco with you each and every week. Championship Sunday edition, Mikey. We are down to three games left for the 2022 campaign. Let's savor it. Let's enjoy it. And as you pointed out when the playoffs got going, as a show, as a tandem, over the years we have been very profitable for all of our listeners to the tune of about 60% in the postseason, and the hits just keep on coming. I believe the count is 7-4. Uh, that is our record through the first couple of weeks of the playoffs, and we are going to try to give out more winners for everybody today as we break down both games. Well, I went to the wall, first of all, that we got to do this by phone today because uh, uh, the computer's down here at, uh, at my studio for some reason. So, yeah, I'm sorry about that, but you can hear me plenty, folks, because that's what we do. I mean, yeah, last week, Carmen goes 2-0, and and basically, he was hemming and hawing. I had to appear, and I didn't want to tell Carmen this, in front of the WBA board, uh and uh, Mr. Mihara from Hong Kong, uh, and then I had to talk to somebody from Palos Alto, California, saying, yeah, he took the Eagles and the under. He said, could he be more d- direct? Because I go, how much more direct can you get? So people are a little bit jealous, a little bit envious. I went one and two, but I put the two units on Philadelphia. I lost the other two games for one unit apiece. That makes me right now up four units. The odds couple, like you said, just getting it done, Carm. Absolutely. And uh, we're going to give you a deep dive into both games, the NFC and AFC title games coming up on Sunday. We'll have all of our usual fun with Jim Miller. He'll give us some ponies. Luke Burgandy will join us in uh, just a little while, but we got a lot of football, big preview show obviously today as we talk Mm -hmm. about one of the most exciting weekends of the calendar year and of the sports year. Uh, Like I said, we're down to just three games left. Uh, Last week, all four games in the divisional round went under the total. That was after games went five and one to the over on wildcard weekend. Underdogs went two and two against the spread last week. So far in this postseason, underdogs barking to the tune of six and four against the number and the average number of points scored by the winning teams in the playoffs so far, 30.3 points per game. So that's one thing that we've seen. That trend is sort of held true, Mike. You got to score in this win. Uh, you got to score, excuse me, in this league to win. And uh, we've got, I think, the four best teams left. All are very capable of scoring. Some uh, combo their great offense with great defense. But all four of these teams can really move the ball. They're all dangerous offensively. They're all offensive-minded uh, head coaches. And I really do think we've got the best four teams left in the NFL. There's no question about it. I about to apologize to Buffalo fans, but they were exposed, yeah. you know, for what they are. Stephon Diggs didn't really get the job done. Josh Allen uh, uh, hadn't played well for the last month, month and a half. It's about the four hottest teams. I think this is the first time in history that I think four teams with 11 or 12 victories are all in it. It's like the sixth time. So this doesn't happen all the time. There's wild card teams that somebody sometimes get in and stuff like that. The thing I can't get out of my mind is at the beginning of the season, Philadelphia 
had the easiest schedule in the National Football League. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how they compute once they went through everything, but if you look at Philadelphia and San Francisco, who had a, a, a decent schedule, look at the quarterbacks they played, folks. Not a whole lot of good out there, uh, but I happen to think, and I'm, I've been riding San Francisco all year. I, you know, I, 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 I'm hearing the fans are going to play uh, yes. you know, an interest uh, in this, and they're going to uh, rattle the San Francisco 49ers. You know, I saw San Francisco, a West Coast uh, team. They used to call them wine and cheese and everything else. <laughs> I saw them go to cold weather sites like Chicago, oh, yeah. Washington back in the day oh, yeah. and win. Uh, yeah. That's all nonsense uh, that the fans, I've never seen a fan uh, recover a fumble, intercept the pass <laughs> uh, because they're loud. That's not going to take a team that's actually won five Super Bowls. I would ask everybody this. If that Philadelphia fan fan base is so rowdy and rough and they hate Santa Claus and everything else, why do they only got one Super Bowl? With Andy Reid, who got to the uh, NFC Championship game more than once. Now he's an offensive genius because he's only gotten the Chiefs to the destination they wanted to go once. So I'm going to go, and I'm probably, I'll give a pick at the end of the show, but everybody knows my loyalty's been with San Francisco from the beginning. You mentioned uh, the strength of schedule there for the Niners and the Eagles. I think uh, it's an interesting point and a good point, and it's just got a lot to do with probably the level of play in the NFC, don't you think, Mike? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the NFC, yeah. let's face it, they're just it's not as strong as a, a conference. I, these are clearly the two best teams in the NFC, but nobody else, I, I don't, I'm not sure anybody else really had a puncher's chance against one of these two teams. I think the AFC, they've had more of a gauntlet to get through this year. It's just been better play and better teams in that, on that well, side. Well, you know what? What's great, Carm, is that then they proacted the strength of schedule at the end of the season. You know who Philadelphia was second for the easiest? You know who was first? The New York Giants. Mm, Yeah, there you go. The New York Giants. So that's what you're talking about. You had a team in the NFC. God, you'd never know I was out till 1130 last night, which is two and a half hours past my bedtime, would you? That's a late night for you these days, right? (laughs) Oh, my God. You know what? I was driving home. I just was hoping I'd make it. Uh, But I'll tell you this. The bottom line is, that the Philadelphia Eagles had the second easiest schedule at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, they prorated. But, you know, you throw all that stuff out the window. Like you said, the defenses got better last week, and they're here because of their defense as well as their offense, both all the well, teams. There, there are some very impressive uh, overall, you know, season-long metrics on both these teams. And, and we'll start, obviously, with 49ers-Eagles. We'll go in order of uh, game play okay. on Sunday. I mean, since week eight – the 49ers are number one in overall DVOA, and it's really by a mile. The Eagles over that span are number three. The 49ers mm-hmm. are number one in the NFL and EPA per play over that span. The Eagles are number four. 49ers are number one in defensive EPA per play over that span. The Eagles are number five. And you do have to remember, DVOA does start to adjust for situation and opponent. That's why these metrics are important. So even though we talk about easier and softer schedules in the NFC, and there's no doubt that was the case, metrics Metrically, when it's all weighted, these two teams uh, still rank exceptionally high and exceptionally well 
uh, in the entire 32-team NFL. I mean, I think that's potentially how good and how close this matchup is going to be, Mike. The Eagles, a very impressive 8-2 and two straight up, 7-3 and three against the number at home so far this season. Uh, and now you have the Niners on the road as about a 2.5-point underdog in Philadelphia. This is where the Niners historically have done their best work under Kyle Shanahan. 26-18 and 18 against the spread as a dog. A very impressive 3-1 and one against the spread in the playoffs in this position. And Shanahan overall, listen to this, in the postseason, how about 7-1 and one against the number? So this is a great, great matchup to kick off the day on Sunday. And they're waiting for Purdy to fall again. This is what I'm hearing. That's a new thing. He's waiting to fall again. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, I don't care how many games you played, uh, the 49ers were deemed uh, probably dead once Purdy came in. Yeah, yeah. I'm hearing he can't. He shouldn't be rookie of the year. You went seven and zero. You've won ten in a row. All right. You could play the pretend game. If it's not Purdy, I want everybody off the top of their heads that's listening. Your casual football fan, who the rookie of the year is, you don't even know. That's the problem. There's there's names, but the name that has jumped out this whole half of a regular season. And the postseason is is Purdy, and he'd get my rookie of the year vote. There's only one problem; they voted already yes. for that award. Yep. So I don't know if he's going to get it. I don't know when people mailed in their ballots, you know. So we'll see about that. But there's no question in my mind: the other quarterbacks were expected to be there for the most part. They never heard of this guy until. Eight, nine weeks ago, and what he's done is phenomenal. Can you I don't wait, care what kind of team he has around him. Per, uh, Purdy versus Hurts in the NFC title game. That's not something that a lot of people would have predicted <laughs> at the beginning of the season, Mike. That's for sure. Uh, it, you're, and Purdy's been a great, great story. Now, one of the things that we told you last week as we were breaking down Divisional Weekend is we told you, as much fun as it's been with Brock Purdy, and he's been a great story, we told you he was stepping up in class considerably against the Cowboys defense, and I think you saw that on display. Um, he wasn't awful. He certainly wasn't great, though, and in fact, it was, in terms of EPA per play, his worst game of the season. It's not a surprise considering the defense he was facing, stepping up in class considerably from what he had faced in the last five games of the regular season here we go again where he is playing a pretty elite defense I mean no team in the NFL has been better at getting after the quarterback the Eagles are number one in the NFL in adjusted sack rate at 11.2 percent the next closest team Dallas is at 8.9 percent that's how elite this Eagles pass rush has been Mike they've got 70 sacks the Bears had 20 the, the, the Eagles have 70 sacks on the season. So he Birdie has another, and Shanahan for that matter, ha, uh, they've got another tall order on their hands facing a really, really stout uh, my and, and tall good order, My comeback to you, my friend, would be, boy, how many times have you seen Purdy on the ground the last six, seven weeks? You haven't seen they got a, a lot. pretty good offensive line in San Francisco, ladies well, and gentlemen. And he seems to be the one thing you got to maybe give him credit for more than anything. He seems to get rid of the ball. I agree. I you know I I don't think he's afraid to stand there in the pocket, and I think he knows when to get rid of the ball. It might be the biggest compliment we can pay him right now, Mike. That he's exactly he's, and, right. And and you know what, Carb, you got great playmakers all around him. I mean, yeah. it's a dream come true. Yeah. You know. It would, it would be like me in my first year of high school being tutored by a Harvard graduate or somebody that went to uh, an upper school of education and maybe getting me to my junior year of high school before <laughs> I dropped out instead of my sophomore year. That's you great. get some help from your people around you, and there's some great people around them. But then you look at Philadelphia, maybe the names 
aren't like Kittle and Debo Samuel. It just seems like the San Francisco skill position players get more play except for Hurts. But if I look at the landscape, I think I talked about this last week. Eagles got the advantage at quarterback. I'm not so sure about the skill position players around yeah, them. I probably agree with you. I mean, what that's uh, an embarrassment of riches in San Francisco, and you, you pair that with a, a very, very good offensive mind and a very good play caller, and that's why they're dangerous. Christian McCaffrey hasn't practiced this week after hurting his calf last week. He said yesterday there is 0% chance that he does not play in this game. So I don't know if he's at 100%, probably not. I mean, who really is this time of year? But they do appear to have their full complement of offensive weapons available to them. The other thing we could say about Purdy that he's done an exceptional job of is limiting the turnovers. He just hasn't turned the ball over, and uh, you do that, and you're going to keep your team in a lot of games. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Luke Pergandy. Uh, We'll see what's hot at Prop Swap. We've got an AFC Championship game that should be epic to break down. Uh, Is it going to be not as great as we think, though, because of the injury to Patrick Mahomes? It's something we will cover a little bit later on. We're going to give you best plays before we're done. Still a ton to do, folks. We're just getting warmed up. Don't go anywhere. We are the Odds Couple, presented by Prop Swap. This is The Odds Couple on ESPN 1000. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. Every Friday, we're with you, Mike and Carmen, The Odds Couple on the ESPN Chicago app and on ESPN 1000. Great thing about being on the app, Mike and I record the show every Friday. It gets right up there. So make sure you have it. You can catch up on demand at yep. any time. We got a huge weekend that we've been uh, discussing already here. We gave you a pretty good breakdown of 49ers Eagles. Mike's got to play in that game. I've got uh, a, uh, an interesting prop I think uh, is a good position for everybody this weekend. We'll talk about that during the best bet segment a little bit later on. We'll still preview the AFC title game. But uh, let's uh, bring in one of our featured guests. He joins us every week. And he is one of the co-founders of our presenting sponsor, PropSwap.com and the PropSwap app. Luke Pergandy, everybody. Hey, Tom. Hey, <laughs> Look, I love you. What's up, buddy? <laughs> this is, Luke, this is the weekend uh, I think a lot of us really look forward to, maybe more than any other. I think last weekend and this weekend are the two best. And, of course, the Super Bowl is fun, and there's a lot of pomp and circumstance, and there's get-togethers and all that. Uh, but divisional weekend into championship Sunday, uh, I think this is the best six-pack of games uh, you're going to get. I think these are pretty clearly and definitively, Mike and I talked about this in the first segment, the four best teams left. These are the four best teams uh, in my power rankings anyway for what mm-hmm. it's worth. Um, you know, big markets, big names. Yeah, you wish Mahomes was a little healthier, but there's just a lot of star power going into this weekend. And a lot like last year, You've got not not quite to the degree the Bengals were, of course, but you've got another longer shot from where we were back in August, the Philadelphia Eagles making it to this point, uh, the penultimate weekend of the NFL season. Yeah, uh, completely agree. This is more exciting to me than the Super Bowl. Um, For gamblers, like you get two back-to-back games. Uh, It's it's just awesome. One of the best days of the year for sports bettors. and then, yeah, like talking about the games, I, I, Mahomes' ankle is fine. I, I think if we looked at the second half of what his effectiveness was, it was 85%, 90% effectiveness in that second half. Like, they pump him up. I think Toradol is the most popular painkiller mm-hmm. these days. Like, they, they pump him with that. He looked fine in the, the walkthrough on Wednesday. 
He's going to improve from last Sunday, of course. Like, your ankle's obviously going to improve seven days later. So, I think the ankle's fine. Um, I think the spread bouncing over to Cincinnati was an overblown uh, movement. Yeah, I think the Chiefs should be favored. They're at home. Every Historically, teams that are at home get a three-point edge. Um, but, obviously, the Bengals looked nearly perfect. Honestly, Cincinnati performance last week remind me of the LSU National Championship team. Like, Joe Burrow looked nearly perfect. And that game to do it in Buffalo, um, they're just they're red hot right now. Let's talk about San Francisco. Let's talk about McCaffrey. McCaffrey didn't practice. The thing I love about Mahomes, there's no mystery about him now. He said, "You want you want to film me? I'm practicing. I'm going to show everybody that I'm healthy." Unlike you'll see in a league like the NBA where there's late scratches late in the day where people have already bet games and they're just doing it for load management. He left nothing uh, to the imagination by doing those uh, workouts. But I will say this, when he was injured, Luke, and they were dogs, and he, you, know, you thought he might play, that was the kind of number being uh, plus one and a half you'd think he was out completely. Now we're seeing it the other way. And i got to be honest with you, this is one of the toughest things. I think this is good for prop swap. All four teams, or all the people that got all four teams, are basically hanging on to their tickets right now, aren't they? And buying, and buying across the board. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, we are getting, I would say, because these matchups are so even, now we're having mm-hmm. more buying happen than selling happen. So states like, right. you know, here in Chicago where, you know, we have more buyers than we do sellers in California and, um, mm-hmm. you know, Florida where sports betting isn't legal yet. Like, those people are swarming the platform and buying tickets because it literally is a coin flip for both of these games. We have a Bengals ticket right now. It is odds of plus 272 to win the Super Bowl, and they are plus 260 at MGM. So this ticket should move today. It's a little expensive. It'll cost you 3000 bucks, mm. but it would pay eleven grand wow. if Cincinnati wins the championship. So that's, that's one of the best prices in the country on Cincy. Clearly, you know, this seller got him at higher odds earlier in the season. Um, and then lastly, we have a Niners ticket at plus 335 to win the championship. DraftKings has them at plus 330. So we've got some really interesting tickets coming into the weekend. Um, And, yeah, I I agree. Really close game. I lean Cincy. I lean Philly. Um, Cincy just because, like I said, they looked perfect last week. The Chiefs are very good. But uh, Cincy's just playing a little bit better over the past three weeks. And then Philly, It's we talked about this three weeks ago. It's all about Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts. Jalen looked mm-hmm. fine last week. He looked he looked ninety five percent. Lane looked, I'd say eighty five percent. There was a couple times where he was hobbling, but if mm-hmm. he can play the whole game and at least neutralize Bosa, like I'm sure Bosa will get his. He'll have a couple, you know, maybe one or two sacks. I don't know if it would be on Lane's side or Mylotta's side, the left tackle for Philly. But if Lane Johnson plays the whole game, I lean Philadelphia. You're seeing a lot of props already being posted. Uh, people who are sitting on tickets maybe for players to win Super Bowl MVP and stuff like that, Luke? Definitely. Yeah, so back to San Francisco. Another way to play San Francisco winning the championship is by betting other players to win MVP on the Niners. Mm-hmm. So Christian McCaffrey right now is 18-1 to 1 to win Super Bowl MVP. And like we discussed, they're around plus 330 to win the championship. So you're getting 
six times your money by betting on McCaffrey to win. So that's obviously a play that Purdy has a moderate game, but you know McCaffrey goes off. He has two touchdowns with 100 yards, which is feasible for sure for him. Um, so yeah, definitely other angles to play instead of just betting team to win the championship. Just pick a pick a player to win Super Bowl MVP because obviously you got to win to to win MVP. What's Kittle? Oh yeah, Kittle. Kittle should be around that. He's probably a little bit lower. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. He is. Uh, I would guess twelve. Bro. Probably twelve, fourteen. Oh wow! No, he's he's fifty to one. That's I what I would have thought. I would have thought he would have been a longer shot. I mean, I think unless you're wow. Kelsey, a tight end, yeah, and, and you know Kelsey, I think you'd people might even be surprised. He's the one outlier that might have much lower odds, considering you know uh, positional, uh, 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 considering the position. Excuse me, but yeah, yeah. I, I'm not shocked that he's those long Kelsey's, odds. But that's Kelsey's not a big change, Blake Arm. Yeah. You put ten bucks yeah. on it, twenty five. You know, yeah, for you know, him. All the unit size. I like both of us. I mean, if you guys remember that Tampa, Kansas City Super Bowl, Gronk was going to win MVP. Gronk, Gronk was going to have three touchdowns. I yeah. think he finished with two, yeah. and he was going to have three. I mean, how do you give a guy that has three touchdowns? How do you not give him the MVP if you have three? <laughs> right. And these, obviously, both of these two tight ends, Kittle and Kelsey, are in the Gronk, you know, status level. So I, I agree. Small unit size on both those two guys. You know, you're getting. In the yep. Kittle example, you're getting like 40 times more on your money yeah. by betting on Kittle to an MVP than betting on a Niners ticket to win the yep. championship. Like, I think yep. both of those are great bets. Luke, enjoy uh, the two games, and we'll talk to you next week and start talking about the Super Bowl and some of the prop bets there and uh, the things that will be available in the market, okay? Sounds good. Bye, Kyle. Bye, Bye buddy. See you, Luke. So long. It's a great day. Luke Pergandy, get the free PropSwap app or go to PropSwap.com. When we come back, we're going to dive into AFC title game uh, preview as we will discuss Bengals and Chiefs, a rematch of last year's game and uh, an epic collapse by the Kansas City Chiefs at home in Arrowhead at the hands of Burrow and the Bengals. Will it happen again? We're going to dive into that matchup when we come back. We'll still talk to Jim Miller a little bit later on, and we'll give you our best plays. We are coming right back inside the Odds Couple. This is the Odds Couple with Carmen DeValco and Mike North on ESPN 1000. You're listening to the Odds Couple with Carmen DeValco and Mike North on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Friday, you can get us uh, on demand anytime for your weekend listening pleasure. Just download the ESPN Chicago app and you get the Odds Couple and all the other great original podcasts there. Catch up on all the shows. 8 to 9 tonight uh, and every Friday night, Odds Couple on the air Saturday morning, 8 until 9. So plenty of opportunities to listen and Hopefully take uh, our advice on some of the things we break down, put it into your calculus, take a listen to our best plays each and every week, which uh, have been very good here so far in the NFL postseason to the tune of about 63%. Uh, run to the bank all day with that. So mm-hmm. it's uh, Mike and Carmen with you here on ESPN Chicago and the ESPN Chicago app. Uh, I missed the holiday party last night, but uh, oh. Mike, I, it was nice to hear that you were there. It sounds like it was a fun time well, by all. I, I saw Jesse. And his lovely wife, Tracy, I talked their ears off because I hadn't had communication with outside people for like two months, you know, where, you know, I stay, I stay out here. And I went down to Wrigleyville for the first time in years. It looks different, and doesn't it? I thought it, it was in Denver. It's, it's I, I didn't know where I was at. And then it's I got crazy. to the beautiful bowling alley. Great people there. 
Lucky Strike over there right across. I parked in the parking garage uh, right there, went in. And, I mean, my God, uh, uh, Craig Carmazan, uh, Keith, they put on a heck of a party, great food. Uh, Sylvie and his wife, uh, Tommy Waddle, great people. Shay was there. Shay was there. I go, Shay, we're going to be on tomorrow? Don't worry about it. And yeah, that's the security I needed. You know what I mean? It is. I do, man. That's what I'm good for. I, I do like yeah. it. When, when the producer just, he looks at and he goes, of course, don't worry about it. Like, I feel yeah, it puts me at ease. Right. I said, don't worry about it. And then, I mean, everybody that was there at a great time, uh, uh, all the, uh, uh, Mindy, Kaplan, uh, Dave, I mean, I know I'm going to miss some people, but uh, just a tremendous, tremendous time. And I didn't get home till like 1140, which is two and a half hours past my bedtime now. That It used to be uh, getting home at 1140 was three and a half hours before my bedtime. Right, exactly. So, I mean, I'm still conditioned like I've always been. To, I, I, I apologize. I'm only going to be able to give 110% today because I might be a little tired. But what a party, and Carm, I know you missed it because you went for a colonoscopy, right? I did. I was off yesterday because I had to have a colonoscopy, and they said, you know, no driving, and you can't. And so I was not going to be downtown. I'm like, I'll skip this year. So You know what the doctor told me before I got my colonoscopy? I I, I hadn't had one, and then I got one about five years ago. He looked down at me, and he said, count back to 10. Count from 10 down. And before I started counting, he goes, you don't like the Cubs, huh? Not to (laughs) I, I tried to keep one eye open. I go, what's this guy gonna, going after me before I get knocked out? And it turned out good, though. That's everything good. was clean. You turned out okay? Yeah, everything was fine. I, I you know, they took a little polyp out, which is pretty common, they say, and that's it. Everything else looked pretty good. So I used to listen to you on the score. You're not a big cup fan like I am, right? That, that's awesome. Right that before is, I get knocked out. That is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. They know how to mess with you. <laughs> uh, all right, AFC title game preview. Here we go, the second game. Uh, hopefully this is going to be as good as we all expect it to be. I do hope Mahomes' ankle is okay, um, but I do have some questions. Uh, that thing gets hit once. Uh, I think, yep. listen, that it's a three-week injury if it were the regular season. It, it just is, yep. and now he's going to be playing seven days later. But uh, this line movement, uh, we, it's been discussed a lot during the week. The Chiefs opened, uh, to me, at a, a way too uh, high of a number here at minus three. And pro betters quickly grabbed the Bengals as the underdog, slammed that thing down uh, to about one, one and a half. Then, uh, as of Tuesday, it swung in favor of Cincinnati. They were about a two and a half point favorite uh, at one point. A lot of pro betters were hoping and waiting for it to get to three so they could reload on the Chiefs as the home dog. That never happened. And as we tape the podcast on Friday, it is the Chiefs minus one. Total in the game, 47 and a half. Why were pro betters so eager to grab the Bengals as a dog? Well, let me tell you some numbers, folks. First of all, Cincinnati has won 10 straight, 8-1-1 one, one against the number during the winning streak. Incredible. And NFL best 27-12 and 12 ATS since the start of last season, including a ridiculous 12-3 and three against the spread as an underdog. It is crazy to think how efficient and how good the Bengals have been in this spot. Both these quarterbacks, I think these are the, might be the two best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, Mike. I mean, certainly Mahomes is number one. I think Burrow might have ascended to number two. What do you think about this match? Well, right now, I, I like Kansas City. Uh, I just saw him, what he did yesterday. Uh, I, it was like he was trying to tell him, okay, you think I'm hurt? I'll show you. 
And I know I've had high ankle sprains. Most people have at one time in their life or another. Yeah. What he was doing yesterday, even when I was younger, if I sprained an ankle, it's hard to do. He will be in the shotgun. He will get rid of the football. Uh, his line will protect him as best they can. Where Cincinnati's line, okay, last week looked okay. Burroughs gets rid of the football too. Yep. But I just happen to think that Kansas City is going to be the winner of this football game, and maybe the Joe Mur- Burrow magic ride is over. It will be one of the toughest bets I've ever made, mm. but I've decided that's where I'm going. I love, I like them. I don't love them like I like the Eagles. I loved the Eagles last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are probably uh, going to be, uh, this will probably be a one hot dog game for me. I like it. Uh, I, I, I am on the Kansas City Chiefs here too. Uh, yeah, I, I can't do-, do it at home. Uh, at home, uh, considering that he's never lost to anybody four straight times, and yeah. that's potentially on the line here. I, I don't see Mahomes losing and Reed losing a four straight time. Burrow, uh, for people who are maybe unaware, I think oh, people know so they've heard it. He's three and zero against Mahomes, and uh, and against Andy Reid so far. But in all three of those games, the Chiefs went into the fourth quarter with a lead. They have just mm. failed to close. I don't think Steve Spagnolo and that Kansas City defense is going to be as careless as Sean McDermott and Les Frazier were last week in Orchard Park. I think they're going to bring a little more heat early. I think they're going to play a little bit more press coverage, a little bit more man coverage, and try to uh, slow down Joe Burrow and the Bengals that way, Mike, because uh, I, I just think it was too – the first two drives, it was so easy-peasy, lemon-squeezy for Joe Burrow and, and the Bengals last week. And, yeah, they do have to go out and execute, but I just don't think uh, the Bills made it hard enough on them. I don't see Spags and this Kansas City Chiefs defense making that mistake. I think they'll dial up a little bit more pressure. I think you're right. They'll force him to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker. Um, this game, if you go, I went and rewatched their regular season matchup from December back in Cincinnati. It was so great. I mean, both quarterbacks, Mike, played at such a high level. Neither one of them turned the ball over. Um, the offenses were efficient and good, and, and their playmakers were on display. I, I'm, I'm hoping we get a little bit more of that and we see something similar. I do think it's going to be a close game and a good game, but uh, my, my feeling here is also on the home team, and I just think defensively they're going to be more stout than Buffalo was last week. Well, I'm going to look at this, uh, the, what I said basically is you're in the shotgun, you're throwing quick passes, and they're short. I, I think you'll see more can, of, of what you saw Kansas City do with Mahomes, I mean, excuse me, with Chad Henney last week. Yeah, everybody's forgetting about him. Yeah. He had that a 98 yard drive. Yeah. Yep. So, so, what I think you're going to see is that type of football from Mahomes. I don't think you're going to see Mahomes being able to scramble around, wind up, and throw 50 yard passes. Hmm. I think they're going to do ball control. I think there's a good chance it could be an under game. And I think that this is going down to the wire. Uh, but if I'm getting less than a, if I only have to give up less than a field goal against the Bengals with Patrick Mahomes, I'm going right. to do it. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Cincy defensive coordinator Luana Rumo handles uh, this version of, of Mahomes in the offense. He's a good you know, guy. He's he's a good guy. That Luana Rumo. I mean, he Luana Rumo. He, he really is a wizard. <laughs> I, I don't know how 
Uh, up until two years ago, I, I didn't know who Lou Anarumo was. I mean, he he didn't get a chance. I to thought really, he was the Hulk, but that's Lou Ferrigno. Uh, that's Lou Ferrigno. I, I mean, he yeah. didn't get a chance to really start coordinating and calling a defense until he was 53 years old. I, I, I'm not sure what took so long or what people missed, um, but he's fantastic. You know, last year he used that drop eight coverage. Uh, it was a stroke of genius. It really flummoxed and frust- uh, frustrated uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs in the AFC title game. This year, in the regular season matchup, on third and long situations, he decided to dial up a little bit pressure. Mahomes pretty consistently beat him in that game. I wonder if he takes a similar approach knowing Mahomes is hobbled or if he feels like, hey, we got burned by this in the regular season. We're going to go back to playing some more drop eight. We'll keep everything in front of us, and we'll try to frustrate him and force a turnover or two that that way, but I think it's a great chess match between uh, Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy and Lou Anarumo. I think it's why this game is so exciting and so sexy in so many ways. And Kansas City are... should have lost that game, but Buffalo was more about Buffalo's ineptness than Kansas yeah. City's winning, even though you give Mahomes gutsy his performance of the year. Most guys would have not have even come back in the game, folks. Oh, last year. Most yeah, guys, but game. he saw what Henny did. That That's not an impetus to my – he's not insecure – no. But I think he saw what Henny did. He started to feel better on the sidelines. They probably gave him ejection at halftime. They taped him up like he was secretariat. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, the yeah. ankles there. like And, and uh, I just think that what I saw yesterday from him, I can't bet against him. Let's I hope can't. That. He's a quick healer, as quick as I've ever seen. If he, I mean, did he, he didn't even limp, limp after the workouts. Well, let's hope it holds up. Off the podium, jumping off the podium. I'm only, going, wow. thing, only thing I'm worried about is one little hit on that ankle. And man, like I said, that's a three-week injury. If this were the regular season, it's not. So he's playing. But well, let me ask you this, Carl, real quick. Burrow's got hit low last week. He went down almost. Yeah. He got up. You know, but if he doesn't get up, now what? Oh, Who please. comes in? Is Kenny Anderson still with the Bengals? I, I don't. Is Boomer? They're going to dust off Boomer. <laughs> I'll bring Andy Dalton back real quick. I'll give everybody one other stat here just real quick before we take a break. Last thing on this game, we'll give you best plays in a little bit, but if you're interested in the prop market a little, Cincinnati's defense, right? We talked about Lou Anarumo, how good they are. The Bengals have allowed only one team this season, one, to pass for 300 yards on them. That was Tom Brady in Tampa in Week 15. It was a game in which the Bengals won. That's the only team. Now, they're really only a fringe top team or so in total passing DVOA, but one passer all season has thrown for 300 yards on the Bengals' D. Mahomes' passing total hanging right around 285, anywhere up to, I saw this morning, a 286.5, just something to consider if you want to uh, look at maybe one of the props. Uh, No passer other than Tom Brady threw for 300 yards on Cincy's defense. By the way. To, to tell you how important the tight end is that we've been discussing and why it's a good bet for both tight ends, if Brady got has Gronk this year, they have a above 500 record. That was his man all all through his career That once Gronk started. And once he lost Gronk, all bets were off. That was his guy. Gronk makes a huge difference. When we come back, Jim Miller's got some ponies for us and then our best plays. We're coming right back on The Odds Couple presented by PropSwap. This is the Odds Couple on ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. This is the Odds Couple with Chicago radio legend Mike North and midday host Carmen DeFalco. The Odds Couple on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. 
Entering the home stretch on this edition of the Odds Couple Championship Sunday edition. We broke down the AFC and NFC title games. Make sure if you're just jumping in, you go back and listen. You got the Encore replay Saturday morning, 8 to 9. Catch up on demand anytime on the ESPN Chicago app. We're going to give you best plays in a little bit before we wrap the show. But first and foremost, it is time to talk to one of the best handicappers in the country. All he does is win, win, win. The expert handicapper from Hawthorne Racecourse. Follow him on Twitter at Hawthorne Jim. Jim Miller, everybody. Jim Boys, it's a great weekend of racing. You have the Pegasus World Cup this weekend that we'll touch on in a little bit, but there's also a little bit of racing drama going on, Carmen, Mike, mm. and that's because you're starting to get into the derby preps again, which means you're starting to talk about Bob Baffert and yes. all of his horses again. And there was recent news this week that came out that said, if you're an owner of a Bob Baffert-trained racehorse and you want to get points for the Kentucky Derby, those horses have to be transferred to another trainer no later than February 28th. So it's wow. not like they can do it at the last minute and try to cash in on one of those 100-point races. It has to happen earlier. Of course, it's going to be challenging the courts. It's probably not going to go anywhere, but you have to watch out for some of these horses like Cave Rock or you have Arabian Knight who's racing this weekend. Some of these really good Baffert horses and see when they pop up with other trainers because that's when they can earn those points heading towards the Derby. Do you anticipate that happening, or do you think these yeah. owners will just stand still and know that something like that would get shot down in a court and they'll be – I mean, how, what, what happens? Do they switch trainers? We saw it happen last year, and a lot of these horses went to guys like Tim Yakin, who was a past Baffert assistant, guys mm. who Bob Baffert trusts and can say, hey, this is who I want to send my owners to. So it's kind of odd. You look at it on paper – and you're saying, okay, is it really a change? Well, they're following up on this. The horse has to be under the care of this trainer, has to be under the care for an extended period of time. There's so much more out-of-competition testing in that that happens now. So this is going to happen. The Derby is the biggest race. It's the race everybody wants to win. I expect you will see five or six horses that are currently Bob Baffert-trained three-year-old horses that do transfer over to other trainers, and it'll happen over the course of the next few weeks. Was he liked before, and is he shunned now by a lot of trainers? Because you can be seen with the guy, and you know how people are. Right? What's this guy? He's supposed to be clean. What's he doing with Bob Baffert? What's the uh, temperament as far as he's concerned? Well, and it's funny because Bob Baffert was kind of like Mr. Hollywood for a while. He yep. was the guy that you saw taking the talk show circuit and that. He was the guy that definitely personified kind of the, the California look. And if you look within the industry, sure, there's people that do have their questions, and it's usually more on the betting end of things. For trainers in that, it's kind of been accepted that, hey, Bob's going to be under the microscope. He's probably going to be looked at even a little bit more closely. So he is allowed to race on certain circuits. But when it comes to a race like the Kentucky Derby, he's not allowed in that race. A lot of his other horses are racing throughout the course of the country, just not for this major race. And a lot of it has to do kind of with the perspective of just how many people who may be a little bit more of a novice better focus in on a race like the Kentucky Derby. All right, Jimmy, so the Pegasus, you mentioned it. Now, that's not a derby prep. This is just a huge nope. stakes race, right? It is. It's a huge stakes race. It's going to be one of those that we focus on. It's a great card at Gulfstream Park. So there's two races that we'll focus on there. These are invitational races. You have to be invited to come to these races, and the Pegasus World Cup being one of those. So here's the three races we're going to look at this week. First off, Gulfstream Race 12. This is the Pegasus World Cup turf. This is a turf invitational, $1 million on the line. We're going to bet the 10 Ivar across the board. Race 13 is the $3 million Pegasus World Cup. 
It's an awesome field, guys. Bet the seven, Skippy Longstocking across the board. We talked about this horse last year mm. during the three-year-old campaign. And then, guys, there is a derby prep this week at Oakland Park, race number 10. Bet the two, Corona Belt across the board. They're going to try to beat one of those Baffert trainees, Arabian Knight, who will be a heavy favorite in that race. All right, I love it. So some big-time action at Gulfstream. Uh, the 12th race, the 10-horse across the board. And then the 13th race, that's the Pegasus $3 million race. I mean, that's how big time this is. Seven, uh, The seven-horse across the board. And then at Oaklawn, the derby prep for the weekend, race 10, the two-horse across the board. Is that right, Jim? That's right, boys. Build the bankroll for a great, great NFL Sunday. You got it, buddy. We'll talk to you next week, all right? All right, guys. Good luck. Jimmy! Sorry, guys, yeah, that mean, I mean Pegasus. Wow. Yeah, that's a big one down at Golfstream this weekend. So there is the play from Jim Miller. Now let's give you our best plays for the weekend. Mikey, what do we like, my man? Uh, you know, before I start, I want to give a shout-out to a guy that loves us both, and uh, he owns a, a place called Raul Jewelers in Hoffman Estates. My buddy Brad Gams, former Von Steuben guy, friend of George Hoffman, too. Oh, yeah. And I just want to say 3001 Barrington Road. You say you love the odds couple? Okay. <laughs> I'll give you a little shout-out. That's the kind of guy I am, and uh, solid people out there. But now it's down to business because you'll be able to buy jewelry yeah, if you win. Right. There's no doubt about it. So I'm going to go first with the San Francisco 49ers, okay? And my bonus picks with Tom and them at 148, the last two weeks I've lost them 50%. I'm going to stop for this one. I'll probably give out uh, uh, the same pick that I'm giving out now. But I really, to start off with, like San Francisco, nothing against Philadelphia. Both teams are great. You just flip a coin. I didn't. I looked into it. McCaffrey at eighteen to one bothers me. I think he'd be maybe eight or nine to one as as the biggest pickup of the year in my opinion. But I'll take San Francisco uh, getting to two and a half. Maybe hopefully it'll be by three by the time it's done. Well, and that'd be beautiful. We give you we gave you those numbers too. I mean Shanahan here. I mean just overall in the postseason seven and one against the number three and one against the spread in the playoffs as a dog twenty six and eighteen against the spread as an underdog. Uh, since 2017 as head coach of the 49ers. So they've done a lot of their best work in this spot. I'm going to give you a prop in that game, Mike. I so, love props. Yeah, I'm going to give you a prop. I don't do this often where one of the best plays is a prop, but uh, I found something that I think is interesting and that I do like, and we're going to uh, play the under Jalen Hurts rush attempts. Now, you are laying a little extra juice here for obvious reasons. The total that you're going to find, I think, in most places in the one you know, the number I'm going to give out here is under 10.5. You do have to lay $1.25 for that. So there is a little extra juice, but under 10.5 rush attempts for Jalen Hurts uh, at uh, minus 125. Only one quarterback this year has more than 10 attempts versus the San Francisco 49ers. Week one in the slop, Soldier Field. That was Justin Fields, and we kind of know why, because of the slop fest that was that game. Nobody really runs on San Francisco. Uh, he had nine carries last week. I think they might even reduce the number of designed runs a little bit going into this game on Championship Sunday. So I like Jalen Hurts' rushing attempts under the 10.5. This is why last night I was hearing from some of the hierarchy saying they love the show. <laughs> and it was good to hear, but I will say this. That's some good digging. That's a great prop. I mean, are you kidding me? And if he's running more than that, Carm, there's a problem, don't you think? There could be. There could be. And that would be, it might bode well for your bet, too. There you go. 
There you go. Exactly. Now I got one more for you. I'm not even going to look. I got one hot dog on San Francisco. I'm putting two on Kansas City. Enough. Enough of the nonsense. Cincinnati's great. Uh, There's no doubt about it. I admire them. I think that if Chase, if they let Chase go wild, like the like Buffalo like let the tight end go wild, you got a problem. I mean that that's been their team, Burrow and Chase for the most part. You gotta stop that guy. I think if you stop that guy, you're gonna win. I think Reed goes to another Super Bowl, even though Cincinnati was there last year. Kansas City minus the one and a half for two hot dogs. That, that makes two of us. Uh, I'll, I mean, I, there's yep. not much more I can add. We gave you a huge deep breakdown of that game as well. You can go back and check it out. I'm with Mike. Uh, those were my two best plays of the weekend, and one of them was Kansas City. So I'm on I'm on the Chiefs with you, so right. we're on the same side for that one. Well, what about Shea? Because he was very abrupt last night when I brought up the Dallas Cowboys. That was his pick uh, uh, and my pick last week, and that hurt us, and Shea – let his feelings be known, no doubt about it. Jay, what do you got? A little quick synopsis of your pick last week and now this week. I mean, Mike, that's a no-sweat bet if Dak Prescott shows up. If Dak yep. gets off the bus, yeah, that's Dak's, a no-sweat. Yeah, I know. No doubt. That guy, I, I, he, for this week, I got to go under 46.5 Niners-Eagles. Under 46.5. Brock okay. Purdy, like in my opinion, he's been begging to turn the ball over, and he's not played well in these playoffs. They just get through it because they're yeah. so good. And then on the Eagles' side, I'm of the opinion this Jalen Hurts deal with the shoulder is a little worse than they're letting on. It sounds mm. to me like it might be a collarbone deal. I don't know that either offense gets off the ground. Both defense is really good. Okay. It feels like a square under, but I'm on it. I like it. 46 and a half under. I do like it. And I think you're right. Both defenses are incredibly strong and could be tight. Um, what a show. We packed a lot in, obviously. Yeah, we're at 8 tonight Sunday. and 8 tomorrow in the morning, right? You, you absolutely, 100%, catch up at any point this weekend. And the podcast should be up by noon. It'll we got be, an experienced hand. Yeah, yeah, you can catch up anytime. And so tell your friends, uh, catch up anytime on demand on the ESPN Chicago app. We want everybody to enjoy Championship Sunday. Thank you to Luke Pergandy and Jim Miller, as always. Thanks to Shay and Norling for producing the show today. And thank you for listening, most importantly. And, Mike, next Friday we'll get together and we'll start digging into the Super Bowl matchup and the prop bets and all that good fun. So happy wagering, my good friend, and we'll talk again next Friday. So long, everybody. This is The Odds Couple with Carmen DeFalco and Mike North. On ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports.